Hi there. You're listening to Married to the Ministry, which is part of the Love Worth Finding Podcast Network. If you are a pastor's wife looking for encouragement or for practical wisdom on how to manage all the challenges of your role with a smile on your face, we're so glad you're here. This is your host, Janet Addison, and I'd like to help you embrace truth and delight in your ministry life. I've just made some yummy hot tea, so why don't you grab a cup and let's chat for a while. Well, hey, thanks for joining me today on Married to the Ministry. I hope you are having a lovely day wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Um, Today, I have a friend on with me. I'm going to have a conversation with Angela Sackett. Hi, Angela. Hey, girl. So glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. Well, I'm glad that you're here too. And we are going to be talking about hospitality today, what it is and why it's important that we as Christian women, and especially as ministry wives, need to at least be familiar, whether we are gifted hostesses or, you know, elegant decorators or great cooks or, or whatever. So Angela's going to kind of clear up some misconceptions for us maybe about what hospitality is. So I'm, I'm glad she's able to join us today. So Angela, let's just start out. Um, if you could just tell me a little bit about your family and where y'all are serving now. Sure. So we are currently, well, I'll start out and say my husband was ordained as a pastor in a large Southern Baptist church in Florida, and we served with young adults for about seven, maybe it was maybe more like 10 years there. And then for ever since then, we have been serving at two different camps, first in New Jersey, and now we are in Southwest Virginia at a camp called Camp Bethel. And we he is the sole official staff person. Everybody else here at the 120-acre camp is volunteer. Wow. So it's an adventure for sure. I call it radical hospitality. <laughs> Wild hospitality. And your camp is open year round. It is, yes. And we also, I should say, we have five children ages 26 down to 15. We are homeschooling the last one. He's 15. And our 22-year-old daughter also lives at camp in this season. So, yes, we're open year round. In the summertime, we do primarily youth and family retreats. You know, you and I met in podcast class. Yes. And... um, our coach, Ren Robbins, and she was on a previous episode with me, and I'll post a link in the show notes to that conversation. But um, we were learning how to be podcasters, and Ren was such an excellent teacher. So you have started a podcast also. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So my podcast is Everyday Welcome, and I use that podcast and also some blogging and speaking to really encourage women to open your heart and your mind to know God through His Word and open your life to invite others into relationship with Him. So really drilling down into what does biblical hospitality mean? What does it mean to live a life that's inviting to others, whether that's fellow believers or whether that's people that don't know Christ yet, and really shaping our lives to be available for him to use in that way. And I said it before, you know, 
I laugh sometimes when I say we're practicing wild hospitality, but sometimes I'm like, Lord, (laughs) there are things I didn't necessarily want to know how to do, (laughs) but yeah, trying to equip and encourage women to be brave, open up your life, open up your home. If God's given you that opportunity. Well, why is hospitality something that you personally are passionate about? Good question. So my mom said to me once, uh, my my parents were divorced when I was very young, and I lived in a lot of different places, a lot of different schools. I think I moved nine times by the time I was in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And I had a longing to be included, to be to feel like I had a place and people mm-hmm. knew me. And my mom, my stepmom, who's God's made her my mama, She said to me one time, I think that we serve and we give to others out of the places that we have longing. And so I think for me, this passionate desire to equip other people to welcome with their lives, to make people feel seen and heard and to give them the truth in love is it comes for me out of, I want to feel that. I want to feel seen. I want to feel heard. I want to feel like someone wants me and needs me there and notices Mm -hmm. if I'm not there. And I think we are in a time in our society when i mean the commands are they're they're pretty visible throughout all of scripture that that god's people are to live this kind of life that invites others in to fellowship with us you know in the new testament we see as we fellowship with christ but we're also in this time where it's very hard to do and people don't i think in a lot of places people have lost the skill and even the desire to live that kind of life, we're happy to kind of hunker down and I always call it hobbit, (laughs) hobbit (laughs) with our lives. Sometimes I want that too. A lot of times the older I get, but I think in a lot of ways we've lost that skill, how to have a conversation, how to start a conversation, how to get to know someone, how to discover what their needs are and what their skills are. And so I, yeah, I just, I have such a desire to get other people excited about that, get other people willing to structure their lives in that way and really talk about what it actually means. Because I think, listen, I'm an HGTV girl and a Food Network girl when I can. I love all those shows, but I live in a three-room cabin Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the middle of the mountains. I can't host big parties and not everybody wants to do that. Not everybody, you know, has the skill set or the desire to have pretty napkins or fancy meals, but really biblically, that's not what it's all about anyway. You're right in that, you know, there are multiple Bible verses, um, you know, First Peter 4, 9 says, show hospitality mm-hmm. to one another without grumbling. And Romans 12 um, talks about uh, verse 13, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. Yeah, You know, and you think of all the times that Jesus shared meals mm-hmm. with people and he stayed in their homes. And you think about Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Um, well, I mean, in the modern society, why do you think hospitality is important? Because, I mean, we're all part of a Facebook or an Instagram community. Mm -hmm. So isn't that, isn't that enough? enough? Isn't that enough? (laughs) I think, no, the answer is no, not even by a long shot. It's not enough. And probably the number one reason is we don't really get real unless we are in first of all face to face and we, we the the two years that will go unnamed in our in our country in our world <laughs> we we all learned we need to be together i think in the body 
the the scriptures teach us when we look at Acts, when we look at Paul's letters, when we look at Peter, you mentioned that is one of the ways that God meets the needs of his people through each other. There's so many clear instructions on how we meet each other's needs. You know, if you have this gift, use it for God's glory. If you have this gift, meet each other's needs. We'd see the the early believers gathering together and selling what they had so that they could provide for each other. So one, as believers, it's really important. It's also how God shows the world what his love looks like. When, you know, we look at first John and we see that uh, our love one for another in the body is a picture of God's love to a lost world. So I think that's really important. And then secondly, with unbelievers, you don't really, I think, get real with each other until you're in maybe not each other's homes, but I think that takes it to a whole other level. Mm-hmm. But for sure, sitting down, sharing a cup of coffee together or going for a walk together or I had one friend and she was a believer, but we'd, we'd help each other clean rooms in our houses when our, when our babies mm. were little. <laughs> but those encounters with each other, getting together in person, that's where we really get to know each other. That's where stories get told, where we have the opportunity to you know have one neighbor in New Jersey who was not only not a believer, but was pretty antagonistic to my being a Christian openly. So, I mean, she would tell me, you know, one of, one of the things she said to me, one of her goals was to get me to say the F word. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I was like, of all the things, but it was in the daily life together, walking through one of our kids getting in trouble. And how do we handle that? One of, one of her kids struggling with something and me being able to say, well, I know, uh, and I actually said to her, I know this might sound religious to you, <laughs> but this is something that I've learned to do with my son and just kind of shared a, a piece of my testimony. So I think it's the doing life together part that really gives us the opportunity to make God's love practical mm-hmm. and tangible. What does it mean to be hospitable? What mm-hmm. What does hospitality look like now? Does Having that mean- it all together and perfectly clean and decorated. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Well, and you know, even those, I follow a lot of uh, decorators and mm-hmm. all those amazing DIY women on mm-hmm. Instagram who are constantly homesteaders and yeah. And, but you know, they, they create these beautiful uh, houses. They're doing carpentry work and painting yeah. and building things. And every once in a while they'll say, okay, this is what my house looked like all week. And then I had to clean it up. So I could make this video, you know, it's yes. like, okay, thank you for showing us the authentic, real, you know, the realness. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, but years before we were in ministry, we were just in a newlywed Sunday school class and we impromptu invited some friends over. This was back when we had Sunday night church and <laughs> we loved Sunday night church because it was, it was Uh, more discipleship focused, you know, it wasn't quite as evangelistic as Sunday mornings were. But then we would always go out afterwards with people. And usually Mm -hmm. we would go to each other's houses because we couldn't afford to go out to eat. And even Mm -hmm. if we're just making, you know, having leftovers or sandwiches or eggs and bacon or whatever. And, you know, we just bring our kids and put them down on a pallet and sleep and that kind of thing at each other's house. But one night, some friends came over to our house and wasn't expecting them. And we walked in the front door. Well, there is my laundry all over the couch. (laughs) And I just, I wasn't even thinking. I just kind of 
swooped it all off the couch into the floor. Mm -hmm. And my friend said, (laughs) that makes me feel so good to see you do that because this is what my house looks like most of the time. And we laughed about it. And then we went on and had a wonderful evening together. And she did not care that my, you know, laundry basket was, or my laundry pile was right there on the floor. You know, that didn't interfere with our um, having fellowship with each other. So Mm -hmm. it's not about, like you mentioned a minute ago, the fancy napkins or, you know, the elegant four-course meal or Mm five-course meal or whatever. Um, And it's not even about you know, how updated your house is, you yes. know, or how and matchy I, your furniture is. I would even say it's not even always about hosting. You mentioned the way that Jesus did life with the people in his life. And and you actually gave two examples. He wasn't, he didn't have a house. He wasn't having people mm-hmm. over. He was going mm-hmm. into someone else's house. So I think it's really more about our mindset towards someone else do first of all do i love them as mm-hmm. as christ has called me to love my brother and love my neighbor do i actually care about them and am i looking to to see them am i listening to hear them so that i can know what are their needs what are their gifts i think about i'm actually praying through writing a course for churches on how to be hospitable, how to be welcoming. Because one of the things that I have experienced as someone who has moved quite a lot, and also I'm in other churches a lot speaking, a lot of times we don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. And it may be, I I can't tell you how many times I've walked into a church and nobody looks at me. Or they do. And we've been in some churches where you can tell that somebody has come in for a while and they've They've said, okay, we're going to be more welcoming. And maybe they have a coffee bar or maybe they have a little welcome bag. But if if anyone comes and says anything to you, it's kind of this stilted like, oh, you're new here. How are you? I'm so glad you're here. Do you need a Sunday school class? Okay, here's that information. And then it kind of dies. And I think there are a lot of reasons for that. Sometimes, and I do it too. I'm not saying like I've got it together and other people don't, but mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm nervous, you know, sometimes I'm, I don't, I don't, I think that person's different from me. I don't, I don't know how to talk to them. Or sometimes I'm just caught up in my comfort zone, especially at church. The people that we know, we tend to stick with. I think we're still people that if I have a spot in the church that I sit week after week, that's what's comfortable to me. And so it's, it stretches us to get outside of our comfort zone, but also Christians are really like their comfort zone. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> we really like to be comfortable. And and the art of conversation, I, I don't want to say it's dying because the Lord will work sovereignly, but we are so glued to our screens and we are kind of becoming observers through a screen that I think sometimes we've lost the ability to ask questions to kind of get at the heart of a person Mm-hmm. How do I how do I go from hi I've never met you before or hey this mom who sits next to me on the bleachers at my kids games or the woman that checks me out at Walmart how do I move from this sort of transactional like existence beside somebody to getting to know what really makes them tick there are questions that we can ask even in the checkout at the grocery store to kind of get at you know is someone struggling are they having a rough day is there something that you could pray for them mm-hmm. even that question is huge is there anything i can pray for my 
my cousin's husband, we were at a restaurant recently and that's, I discovered that's their habit. Anytime the server comes to the table, they say, Hey, before we give you our order, is there anything we can pray about for you today? And and he'll often even invite the person to stay and they'll pray right there for them. That's a huge door, but it's, it's a cool one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's not even about necessarily having people in our homes. Although I will also say that there is something about that being vulnerable and saying, you know, for me, like I said, we have a three room cabin. And when I say three rooms, I mean, we have one room that's our kitchen and dining and family, and we have two bedrooms on either side. And we have other spaces. I run a coffee shop at the camp. And so we have a college Bible study that we lead that meets at the coffee shop. But I've even noticed as much as I work hard to make that coffee shop feel welcoming, there's something different that happens when we say to the kids, hey, let's meet at our house Wednesday night instead. There's a kind of a built-in intimacy and a letting down of guard. Like you said, sweeping the laundry off the couch. I have been there. Actually, I agreed to host a mom's night out once and the lady showed up and I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) And it was dishes in my case that I was trying to sweep somewhere. But (laughs) well, people tend to linger longer. Yes. When you're in someone's house, Uh, when you're in a restaurant, um, trying to get somebody to know somebody, so many times it's loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're constantly being interrupted by servers, and then you feel guilty after the meal if you don't hop up right quick so she yeah. can flip the table. And um, so it is a different environment that does let you slow down, lets mm-hmm. you relax, and opens the door for those intimate, more intimate, meaningful conversations. Yeah, yeah I agree. And and they get to know. I know when somebody walks in our house. Um, my husband loves GI Joes and (laughs) we finally, you know, they've gone from being hidden in the attic to now they're displayed on the wall and in my bookshelves, you know, and I have a piano and we have certain kind of art and without me having to explain anything to anybody, they automatically know certain things about us Mm -hmm. just by the kind of stuff we have in our house. Um, With, you know, so that, again, that lets you go deeper in your relationship Mm -hmm. than meeting in a restaurant or, you know, coffee shop or or whatever is going to do. And flip that around. So working with young adults, one of the things that I, I kind of try to do is help them also be hospitable. And so you know, one of our girls that comes to Bible study, I invite myself over to her apartment. She's got this cute little apartment and she's really into DIY. So she's done a lot of things. By me getting into her place of living, there is immediately I get to see, uh, you know, I said she's into DIY. I saw that she had essential oils and I, that was a a conversation starter. I saw Mm -hmm. she had her little coffee bar and I could talk to her about that. We learn what, what other people care about as well. And it gives us an opportunity to serve. So when I, when I go to her house, you know, I can say, can I, is there anything I can help you with? So it's, it's not even always, I said that before, that we have to have someone over. It might be, do we make the effort to go be on someone else's turf? And maybe it's maybe it's just going for a walk with dogs. You know, you got you to gotta walk your dog, so you're going to meet someone and you're going to go do that. Or you wanted to go for a walk and exercise, so you invite someone to join you in that. Maybe it's, 
I, I've done this quite a few times, young moms, that I'm I'm not in that season anymore where I have babies, but I miss it. I miss getting to love on those mm-hmm. little ones. And so I'll say, hey, let's go. Where's your favorite place to go? This last Monday, we went to a corn maze and pumpkin picking. And honestly, my 16-year-old is past doing that with the homeschool group of kids that are all a lot younger. But I on purpose went because there was a mama going who has two little girls and a brand new baby. And I knew she was going to be She struggling. needed some extra hands. Yeah. And I told her, I'll be there if you need me to take the girls yeah. potty or if you need me to hold the baby. And thank the Lord, because it was pouring down rain. It was oh a wretched day. And I, and I got the opportunity for my son to practice hospitality in a new way because he, you know, he, he was putting on shoes for a, a little toddler girl. It was mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's just about going where someone is, meeting them where they are and coming alongside them. Well, let's talk a little bit more about church culture. Um, do you, I mean, you mentioned we, we're not always hospitable, even in the church when visitors come in and um, we've been visitors a lot. You know, we lived in another city for about a year or so recently and Greg was not the pastor of a church. So we had to find a church and we were just reminded again, some churches do not do visitors very well at all. They, they just, they flat out don't. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of mm-hmm. horrifying. Um, and then other churches are intentional about recognizing, I don't know you. I'm going to go out of my way to make you feel comfortable and welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how can we, you know, how should we do that more in church and, and yeah. even really... How can we integrate hospitality into our ministries? Yes. Well, first of all, I want to say we didn't even touch on this yet, but not only should we as believers, but we're actually commanded, and you know this, you know, where we talk about when Paul talks about the qualifications for elders, practicing hospitality is one of those qualifications. So I think it you're right. It's important. We we have to do it. I think a couple of things that immediately come to mind are communication, thinking about one thing I've always heard is when you, for people like that are hosts, you know, whether it's setting up a guest bedroom or people that run Airbnbs, now we run a camp that you should always stay in your place where you're going to put your guests because you get to see what they need. So kind of Mm -hmm. trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes for a new believer or someone who's new to a church, what are they looking for? What do they need? Well, they need they need information. It starts with, nowadays we're in a digital age, it does start with what's on your website. Do you have the times listed and the address listed? And you know, some churches even say, this is what we're wearing, and this is what kind of service you're going to hear. If you're not a digital person, that's okay, or your church is not. But I think for sure, when someone arrives, is it clear what's available? I I was at a church one time for a year and I had no idea they had a Sunday school class that I could have been (laughs) going to. And I I try, I mean, you can just in our conversation, you can tell I'm a pretty outgoing person, but did we, do we make it clear what's there? You know, this is, that's a good point. And our, we have a new communication director Mm, that just came to our church. And the other day uh, I noticed they've renumbered the rooms in the, like the Sunday school rooms. Yeah. And I stopped him. I said, what is this? And he said, it was hard for visitors to find their way around wow. in the building because the That's numbers great. 
weren't laid out Mm -hmm. in a, I don't know, a logical fashion or whatever. But, you know, so he's working on signage and making sure, you know, the nursery is that way, the sanctuary is that way and things, you know, just things like that. So they don't have to stand there trying to figure it out, looking lost, feeling helpless. Yeah. And then feeling abandoned if nobody yes. recognizes they're standing there looking lost. Um, and even, you know, maybe you're in a tiny little church and that's not even an issue with needing signs mm-hmm. or whatever, but just taking the time to have not just your greeting team, you know, if you've got a greeting team, but are are the, especially I think the women in your church, are they, are your eyes open? Are you looking for, maybe it's someone who's new or maybe it's someone who's been there for a while. Does she have a baby on her hip? You know, could you go to her and say, did you need, you know, did you need help finding a seat or just in case you need it, the restrooms are right over there or just Mm -hmm. in case you need Mm -hmm. it, we have a nursery down the hall. And I think that just in case is really important too. We once were at a church where there was actually a sign in the lobby that said children were not welcome if they made a noise in the sanctuary. I can tell you we didn't go back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but making sure that someone knows you have it available to them, but you're also not pressing them into, you know, I'm, I, I might not be a mom that wants to drop my baby off with somebody. Well, not with total strangers the mm-hmm. very first time you walk in mm-hmm. the building. That's yeah. a very reasonable concern that they might have. I remember being at a church, our son's church, actually. They have little Ziploc bags in a caddy at the front of the church and they have a couple of crayons and a bible coloring page and oh like a kids meal thing at uh, restaurant and i'm like that is brilliant that is so that is a good idea so you just little things like that if you know can you walk around your church and think if i were new here what Mm -hmm. would i need what would i be Mm -hmm. looking for Mm -hmm. and then i think the biggest thing really is even if you don't have those you know they could be gadgety kind of things but just Having people in your body who say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to look around me and I'm when, you know, if you still have that moment in your service where you say, we're going to greet one another, actually turn around and look for somebody and think through one or two questions that you have in your head that you're going to ask to kind of get to the heart of that person to, you know, whatever that those questions might be. Hey, how was your week? Is there anything I can pray for you this week or talking to their children or, you know, questions I think are just really big. We used to do Mm -hmm. that with our kids when we would host, when we would have people over. Before they came, we would say, okay, pick one question that you want to ask Miss Sarah when she comes over tonight. And we'd even make them tell us in advance because it gives them the opportunity to be thinking about that person. This isn't just somebody that mom and dad are having over, but this is somebody that God's bringing into our family's life, into our home. How can I get to know them? How can I learn something from them or learn something about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think questions are huge. My sister used to, um, especially when her kids were younger, um, on Sunday mornings, she would put a, she would fill the crock pot and, you know, make a big pot of soup for Sunday um, lunch when they got home. And she would look for a visitor. Oh my goodness! Every week, a visiting family, or maybe a new family, or or a family she, they did not know well, and just say, you know what, we've got lunch ready. Why don't you come home and have lunch with us today? And um, I always thought, okay, that's that's intentional mm-hmm. hospitality, um, kind of covering all those 
all those levels, but it taught her boys yeah. how to be thoughtful like that and how to I be hospitable and intentional about reaching out to other people. I love that. I will say too, something that you really strikes me in that is being intentional about our time. She had to carve that out. And I think for a lot of us, we may say one of our holdups is, oh, I don't have time. I have too many things going on. But if we're really honest, a lot of the time, <laughs> it's because we didn't we didn't plan it. We didn't prioritize it. So leaving some margin in our lives to be able to say, I'm available. When we moved from New Jersey to Virginia, I was very spoiled. We had a got to host a women's retreat right before we left. And my, one of my precious friends had, unbeknownst to me, invited women to share about my, our relationship before I left. And no one should ever go through that in their life because it just floored me and it was so humbling. And what struck me that was really wild is how many women that I, I would have said, I didn't, I didn't give them enough time. I didn't give them enough mm -hmm. energy. And they, several of them said, well, she just dropped everything and said, come over. And I realized for me that I could not have done that if I didn't have my husband who prioritized that. And there were many times when we had other things going on or he had something, you know, planned, or we were just going to have a quiet night at home. And I would say, so-and-so needs to talk. Can she she's just going to come over and bring the baby and we're going to sit. And my husband would clear things and he every time would say, sure, fine. And he would come in and, you know, sweep if we needed to sweep or he would take the kids out if we needed privacy. And I think that's something that really as a family, it needs to become kind of your, you know, if you are married and have kids, you have to determine that you're going to do that. Or if you're single, you have to determine I'm going to leave space in my life to intentionally invest in other believers, and then also in people that don't know the Lord, to invite them in. And I think sometimes we feel like we're out of control of that. We don't have control. But really, if we're purposeful about it, we can structure our time so that we have that. So I really love hearing that story about your sister, because that's what she did. She shaped her life for that. Mm -hmm. Well, and another thing I have learned being a pastor's wife um our first church we went to, we had a big back porch. Mm. And early on, we had all we had a luncheon at our house for all the senior adults in our church. Oh. And it was in the spring, I think it was in April, and so we just had a lunch outside. So it's not like I had to have every square inch of the house cleaned. But um these were, you know, older saints who had been oh. in church their whole lives, multiple people told me, I've never been to the home of a pastor before. Oh. And that really struck me. And I thought, okay, this wasn't even very hard. The church ordered barbecue and delivered it here. So I didn't even cook. <laughs> All I did was greet them at the door, walk them through the house and put them on my back porch. Um, but now, you know, so I learned that, you know, we try to have Sunday school parties in our house. We try to have small group meetings. We try to have, um, I had a ladies event at my house one time and um, people, 
I think it is very meaningful for church people to, they don't want to be my best friend. Most of them don't, but they want to feel like they know us beyond Mm -hmm. watching him on Sunday morning, you know, down at the front on the pulpit. Um, They want to feel like they know who we are as people. And they, we have also found the more you um, act uh, accessible or make yourself available, the less they don't take advantage of that. They, I think just knowing if I needed them, they would answer the phone or Mm -hmm. I could stop at their house you know, if I had a crisis or something, yeah. but having them in our house, I, I've been really, that was an unexpected uh, lesson for me mm-hmm. of how meaningful that was for church people to be able to say, I have been to my pastor's home mm-hmm. um, and they're not coming in to judge my decorating or, mm-hmm. you know, did I clean <laughs> behind the doors or whatever? <laughs> You know, they're they're not coming in that kind of a judgmental spirit. And um, that is one way that I have found to be meaningful as far as Huge. hospitality, being yeah. a pastor's wife, is I feel like God gave us this home and the people through their ties and gifts mm-hmm. are helping provide this home for us. Mm-hmm. So the least I can do is welcome them mm-hmm. into it. Occasionally, <laughs> you know, and I'll tell you when you talk about Titus two, older women teaching the younger uh, women. Yes, there's I no about that a more. Ago. Yeah, there's no more precious way to do that. I, I, I'll say it's very few and far between the the pastors' wives that I've been in their homes, but the ones that I have, especially when I was a young mom with little ones, what an honor that was to be able to be in her home. And Mm -hmm. also, you know, I, I, there are things to this day that I've learned from being in the home of, of older women and seeing how they, how they do their housekeeping or how do they do their, you know, meal preparing, or we learn that way really by being in each other's lives. So that's, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's, I love hearing that from you too, as a pastor's wife. That's awesome. Well, um, I know some of the things that you're covering on your podcast, like uh, you had an episode on being mindful, you know, hospitality mm-hmm. is a state of mind as much as it is an, an invitation or whatever. And you talk about uh, questions that help you genuinely get to know somebody. Mm-hmm. And you have an episode on being interruptible, which <laughs> I think, okay, yeah, I'm not interested in that. <laughs> Because it goes back to that, um, the comfort level. Mm -hmm. I'm comfortable scheduling out my time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's irritating when Mm -hmm. I have to change my plans or, you know, but ministry, ministry interrupts. And, um, you know, Jesus himself was interrupted all the time yeah. by people. You know, you think of the lady grabbing his robe as he's on his way to do something else and he'd be preaching and somebody would rush up and interrupt him and say, my daughter's sick, come out, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's that's part of it. So I love that, that that's an aspect mm-hmm. you're covering, those kind of things. Yeah, there's one other episode that I was thinking that might be encouraging to people. Sometimes... Sometimes hospitality is uncomfortable. 
And when there are people who do not live our way of life that have different, you know, they're not believers and they have different lifestyles, different life choices, that can be really uncomfortable. So there is an episode that might be interesting and and helpful called Responding to the Pride Movement with Humility, where Mm -hmm. actually a a 20-something, yeah. 20 something year old friend of mine asked me that question. Well, what, how do I interact with my friends who in her case, um, are transgender or what, whatever the, I forget the terminology in her case that she was asking about, but it really got sent me digging into not just that area, but really any area where someone is really different from us and it's uncomfortable and maybe. Well, and again, Jesus had dinner with tax collectors who were yep. the scum of society and prostitutes and yep. you know he it, yeah they yeah. weren't his his closest confidants mm-hmm. but he certainly treated them with dignity yeah. and respect and kindness and we certainly can show hospitality to everybody yeah. And I think that's really, for me, what it boils down to is, you know, scriptures talk about there's a, there's a certain kind of love that we have, the phrase for the brotherhood or the body or the family mm-hmm. in Christ. And there's another kind of love that we have for our neighbor. That's the term that I always use. Those who I'll often say aren't yet in Christ. And I think both of those, it's really about, do we see people through the Lord's eyes? Do we mm-hmm. see them as, you know, that is my child who is precious and they have needs that need to be met and they have needs that they need to be held accountable for. And those who don't know him yet, you know, what, how can I really see them the way that God sees them? How can I be purposeful and intentional in what I say, how I make them feel Obviously, God's going to do the work of saving them if they're not saved. God's going to do the work of meeting my brother's needs or convicting where, you know, accountability and challenge are needed. But how can I set myself up to kind of accept the Lord's invitation to be a part of that process? And I think that's really what it boils down to is are our eyes open? Are we listening? Are we looking to ask those questions to really get to know someone so that I always come back to that phrase. I think it's John. We invite you into fellowship with us and our fellowship was with Christ. And Mm. I think it's a lot more simple than we make it. It can be fancy. It can be detailed and exciting, but it can just be as simple as you said, grilled cheese and apple slices. Well, because fancy is very uncomfortable for a lot of people. Yes. Oh, you know what? That is not a blessing to some people. Can I tell you one of my deepest moments of conviction? We, when we lived in New Jersey, we had a beautiful home. God was very gracious to us. Our home was big. It was really pretty. It was really bright and sunny. We got a great deal on it. The couple who had bought it had just, they'd done all the things right. And I I don't think I ever, I never tried to make it fancy. Uh, Edith Schaefer, she wrote a book called Hidden Art. Years and years and years ago, I read, and it really rocked me because she talks about the difference between hospitality and hostessing. Hostessing Mm -hmm. says- Or entertaining. Yes. Come in, Mm -hmm. see what I can do. 
hospitality yeah. says, come in and let me make you feel loved. And so mm-hmm. I really worked hard to do that. And I, anything that we had was thrifted, you know, secondhand given to us. I didn't have anything fancy, but I loved to make things look beautiful. And one time we had a music rehearsal. Some ladies came over. We were going to be singing together for some church event. And one of the young moms came in. I'm going to cry. And she said, oh, see, I knew it would be this beautiful. You can never come to my house. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that rocked me. And and she's a good friend. And I think that's just a testimony to a lot of it has to do with, you said it, you know, how do we, we look to make people feel loved. We look to make people feel wanted, welcomed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, for me, that's really what it comes down to. Lots of times I want to go hide and curl up in my bed and not be people-y. <laughs> yes, I I will choose a book over people most mm-hmm. <laughs> most all the time mm-hmm. because it is it's messy being yeah. being in people's lives yes. is messy and inviting them to share part of themselves with you sometimes puts you on the hook to be accountable or walk a certain part of their journey with them. And lots of times we think, yeah, I don't want to do that. But, you know, that's that's part of it. Not only as pastor's wives, but just as the body of Christ, because that's what Jesus did. Yes. Yeah. And the fruit is, you know, you can't even count the things that God will do through that. Yes. Even if we don't see the fruit, you know, there's still value in ministering, even if we don't see the payoff, so to speak, yeah, immediately. Well, you've shared so many wonderful things, Angela, like I knew you would. So <laughs> I'm so glad you, you came on today. Oh, and this has been so fun. How can, how can our listeners um, get in contact with you or follow you or find yeah. you out on the, the interweb? Yes. So everydaywelcome.com is my website. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at everydaywelcome. Angela Sackett, first and last name. You can friend me personally too. I would love that. And I do have some eBooks. I have some, I do a lot of recipes and some morning time planning kind of stuff to help us create that life. So all those things you can find on the website and I will I'll actually give you a link to a free download to a, a devotional that I have that if you want, you can share that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. And your podcast is also called Everyday Welcome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, friend, for listening. And I hope that you're blessed by what Angela has shared. And um, thanks for hanging out with us today. And um, until we get together the next time. Let's keep loving Jesus, loving our husbands, and loving our people through the ministry of hospitality, like Angela has talked about. So we'll uh, talk to you later. Bye, friends.